And a very good afternoon to you. Welcome to the Klein Files. My name is Philip Klein, President, Chief Executive Officer, and Lead Investigator at Klein Investigations and Consulting. And co-president at Texas Professional Bodyguards, LLC. We're glad to uh, have you guys aboard. We've got another, I think, pretty good podcast laid out here for you all today. We're going to be doing some updates on a bunch of stuff. And uh, it was uh, uh, it was a very busy week last week, to say the least, from one part of the United States to the other and uh, all around. And uh crew got together it was nice to get everybody in one room together and uh, and my cohort here caroline gear hey caroline hi she's here today she's going to be talking a lot about the uh, uh i call it the gabby case uh the one where supposedly the body was found out in florida we've got a couple of thoughts on that today um I guess, Caroline, uh, let's kind of go through everything we're going to talk about today. First thing, we're going to talk about the Gabby thing. But before we talk about all that, there's there's two things we're going to talk about here uh, for about five, ten minutes. And, and the first thing is, is uh, let's talk a little bit um, about the Tom Brown case a little bit and in uh, uh, the meeting that happened, the, the town hall slash press meeting which was, uh, I think, very productive. Uh, we've gotten a lot of positive phone calls back on it, uh, a lot of input. Um, and, uh, I, you know, we're going to tell you a little bit more about the inside because we kind of laid our cards on the table, what we think happened, the evidence that backs it up. Uh, we had two people in the media that got actually acted like two-year-olds. I mean, two-year-old imbeciles. And I'll say it as it is. I mean, I was embarrassed for them. And we had people actually walk up to us afterwards and go, what was that all about? But we'll get to that here in just a minute. But let's get your input, Caroline. What did you think about the meeting up in um, Canadian, Texas? And what did you think about the uh, the feedback you're getting uh, since the meeting? Well, as far as feedback, I'd say that we're getting positive feedback. Um, I think that the meeting got heated in a couple portions. Um, you know, it's funny because I had somebody walk up to me that was in the media after everything was said and done. Um, and this individual made the comment, well, I thought that there would be a, a more of a surprising reaction when we released, um, what we, our latest tips, um, or latest story from Chris Jones. Um, and I looked at the individual and I said, you know, no, because I think a lot of people already knew oh, what was going that. on in Canadian. I don't, I, I don't think that it was su- such a surprising thing for the individuals there because I think that the majority of them already knew the type of things that they were, you know, experiencing in Canadian. But, um, I think there was one individual that lashed out from the very back of the room that, maybe understands a little bit more about where we're coming from um, with our investigation. Do you want me to set that up a little bit? Yeah, you can. I mean, it's simple. There's a gentleman that was in the back of the room and I said, uh, what was the quote I said? Uh, Because it made it in all the papers. Uh, It was like, uh, uh, you may not like us. We don't know any of y'all. And he blurted out, leave Canadian or get out of Canadian. Get out of Canadian. And everybody just turned around, looked at him like, what? What the hell are you saying? And there were people that were shouting, we want to hear what, you know, his investigation has found. And right. we all know this person's a Nathan supporter, um, which is fine. It's, you know, one of his closest friends. But I hate to draw lines about supporters or non-supporters because I had a substantive conversation with him after the event was over. And he was like, yeah, I can kind of see this now. Uh, and, and. Really, here's what happened. I, I laid the I laid it out in a timeline fashion, then we laid it out uh, into the theory fashion, and then we laid it out for the media to ask questions first and the public to ask questions second. Now, let's lay it out in the timeline. I'm not going over the timeline again. It took me two hours to get through the timeline. There are people requesting that we post we will. our timeline, yeah, and we, we will. will within time, not right now, because okay. I think there's just coming back from this 
last week. Um, there's been a lot of tips and a lot of things that we're trying to cipher through. And so eventually we will post the timeline, the right. slides of the timeline. Okay. That's what the investigative team wants. That's what they get. And so they'll, they will post it. But number, number two, most importantly, I think in, in, in being able to stand up there in front of everybody, the second portion was the theory. So let's, let's, let's talk about that. There's a guy, his name's Chris Samples. He has a radio station. He has an antenna that gives out 10,000 or is it 100,000 or 10,000 watts of, of, of juice that supplies all of North Texas, the panhandle of Oklahoma, some Southern Colorado, and a little bit of Nebraska, I think it is. It provides them with a radio station that they can listen to, get weather alerts. You know, it's it's your quintessential hometown radio station, farming, agriculture, current events. Uh, the folks up there are staunch Republicans, very conservative. Um, the only thing they didn't do is let's go Brandon wave uh, as in the meeting. <laughs> but I still uh, don't understand this whole Brandon thing. I was at the event at NASCAR and I'll tell you about it one day. But anyway, your bottom line is this, folks, is that when you have a case that's charged like this, um, and there was what, 200, 250 people in the room, citizens, I'm guessing, I mean... Maybe, maybe a little less. I don't know. Okay. Maybe a little less. But anyway, the bottom line is this, is that it was emotionally charged. There's people on all sides and there were some very angry people in there. Folks that we've interacted with, folks that we've talked to before, uh, folks that we actually stayed on their property. There's a lot of anger in that room. And the anger is, is I think everybody's looking for the golden bullet. And a lot of people were asking me, you didn't bring us the golden bullet. And I said, well, yes, I did, but there wasn't one bullet. It's like putting a a shell in a shotgun. Um, You know, there's a bunch of little bullets that led up to the end. But in the end, what we did was uh, we presented our case. You could very well see our case laid out. We were very upset that there were some in the room that challenged us, including Chris Samples. Now, Chris Samples is a nice guy. I don't have a problem with Chris Samples. I really don't. Everybody thinks I do. I don't have, he's the radio host at uh, whatever the name of the radio KX station. DJ. KX, what? DJ. DJ? I KXDJ. Think, I don't know. Okay. I think so. Well, anyway, um, he he's a nice guy. I don't have a problem personally with Chris. I have a problem with the way Chris handles himself. For example, we were talking about a radio station in newspapers out of Amarillo, Texas. I guess he missed that. And we were talking about the Amarillo side of the, of, of the information getting out. And he stood up and started screaming at me and said, that's a bold faced lie. You're a liar. That's a bold faced lie. And I just turned around and looked at him and said, sit your arrogant ass back in your chair and be quiet. We're not even talking about your radio station. And that was the truth. You can watch it. We put it up on the internet. You can see it. That's the kind of thing that really gets to us. And then what's the lady's name over at the Canadian record? Lori Brown. Lori Brown. Lori Brown stands up and starts, and I couldn't hear her, to be honest with you folks. I couldn't hear her. So I said, Lori, come on up here. Here's a microphone. Tell the public what you're thinking and saying. And all we got was a, Hell no, I'm not coming up there and taking the microphone. I am very busy. I have to get back to my office. I have to put a paper out in the morning. I'm tired. I haven't slept. I haven't, and I was standing there thinking, lady, you need to be quiet. You're, you're acting silly. I mean, people don't care if you've slept. People don't care. That's your job to get out there and report. And of course, here comes the slant. And her big deal is about this thing with the Tom Brown case, which is the camera and the, and then all of a sudden it wasn't, I'm, it, I'm sorry, the phone. And a recorder. All of a sudden it wasn't a phone. It was a recorder. 
And then all of a sudden, the fire chief walks up. Fire chief walks up. Go ahead, tell the story. Well, it again, it just all comes back to a phone versus recorder. Here's the deal. And I I think even after the fact, uh, one of our members received a um, text message with with a screenshot or some portion of when it was uh, a little sidebox to a main story about Thomas Brown that stated, you know, they had spoken to the man and that the man said it was a recorder, not a phone. But all of that, to my knowledge, was prior to the body being found. Once the body was found, our investigator received a text message from the person that found the phone. So there is some confusion. Regardless of what that confusion is, our team was told that it was a phone that was found, period. There are no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And we have the proof, and we showed that proof. And if I remember correctly, MJ got up and even read the text message from the man that found the phone. And the text message from Lori Brown, who said, oh, she never received a text message, but lo and behold, there was an answer that she gave to the text message. And MJ pointed it out, says, come on up here. Here, you read it. You tell us. I've got it right here on my phone. Here's the original. And she still denied it. And she still chastised us. And we all stood there and looked at her like, what are you doing? You just need to be quiet. You've been caught. You're you're done. It's over. You've been caught. Either you were confused. Okay, we'll give it to her. She's very, very busy woman. Lot going on. She got confused. Fine. No big deal. No harm, no foul. I've done it. Caroline's done it. We've all done it in this team over here. But to sit there and say we're liars and then to be read her own text message, I think it was a moment. Yeah. I think it was a moment when the citizens all looked at her like, what are you doing, lady? Well, and I had a lot of people that came up to me that said, you know, it, it's a continual, like, it, it, it's something that they've seen before. And, and whether that's true or not, I don't know. I don't live there, so I really have no clue. But what I do know is that I know what our team was told. I know what our team was told in an interview, and I know what our team received in a text message form. And, you know... It's one of those things where we're just all going to have to agree to disagree about the damn recorder right. versus the phone. Who gives a damn? Because at this point, it is what it is. It, and it had nothing to do with overall, nothing. Overall, it's irrelevant. So yeah, what the hell does it matter? So anyway, so I think we were proven up right there. I mean, the evidence is the evidence. And then, you know, that's the way it is. Now, she acted like an ass. She ran out of the room after she was challenged and shown the, the text message. She refused to come up front and, and tell us what she wanted to say. If you got something to say, say it. Say it to the public. But she knew she'd been caught. And I'm not even going to call it a lie. I think it was a confusion point. I think she was confused. I think she was unduly uh, influenced. Is that a good word? Influenced. Yeah. And even the fire chief got up and said, well, no, that was my brother or dad or somebody. And he was confused. I said, what are you even talking about? You're telling us stuff no one's ever told us before. And he just kind of, oh, oh, oh he tucked tail and ran. So I, I think that I think that that was a prime example of people that have power in that community that go around just saying things. And then when they're challenged with it and shown the evidence, they go, uh-oh. Because remember, when we come into your communities and we're chasing a missing person or a homicide case or whatever we're working, we don't know the public. We don't know the players. We don't know the winners or losers. We don't know. We don't know anything about the town. Okay. And so when we come in, we formulate opinions. Right now, my opinion is not real big on Lori Brown, but that's okay. I'm just one guy. I mean nothing. I don't live in her little bubble up there in the 2500 town. But that opinion changed over the course of our investigation. Because at the very beginning, we you were very her. accepting and trusting I did. everything else of her. And I we did. had no issue not to be. I know. But it's until you switch around and change your mode of operation or, you, or you're exposed for what you're thinking, that's when it all comes out. Now, number two, let's get back to Chris Samples. Chris Samples, I... I don't know what Chris's beef is with me, Mr. Klein, you know, all that crap. I mean, it's just stupid. I think he thinks I challenged his, uh, what, 
what's the good word? His challenged his radio show. Yeah, I challenged his radio show, but I challenged his. Uh, oh God! Thought process questions. Yeah, I mean, I think his ego got a hold of him, and and for him to stand up and say that's a lie, that's a lie, and then I think he was shocked that I turned around and I challenged him back, and I said, "Sit." your ass back in your chair, sit your arrogant ass back in your chair. And I apologize to him in person. I should in public, I shouldn't have said the word ass, but I did. Well, you shouldn't have said that. You're right. I shouldn't have said that, but I'm not going to sit there and be screamed at by some radio banshee in the middle of a, but there were other radio people there too. There were other newspaper right? people there too. There Very were polite. other podcasters there too. There were so many people from so many different, media outlets that were there on top of all of the I think I counted investigative journalists that were there. media outlets and bloggers and podcasters that were there and uh, I think 21 is what I uh, what I uh, garnered uh, they had me mic'd up what with five mics and I mean it was yeah it was crazy yeah but but the bottom line is this is that we feel that we help the citizens of Canadian understand about the case a little bit more and we open their eyes we open their eyes to corruption in county government we open their eyes to corruption in the district attorney's office we open their eyes to corruption in their school which is uil i really think we and we brought it all excuse me we brought it all together to show that there was a direction the case was going and that tom fell into something that he shouldn't have fallen into and uh, now let's talk about the OAG on the Brown case real quick. The night before Wednesday, uh, Tuesday night, the OAG did a surprise release. Probably in Caroline, I'm going to give my opinion on this. Probably one of the most embarrassing reports that was hastily put together that I've ever seen in my entire life from a professional government law enforcement agency it was third grade work they this is how bad it was well, friends. not only that but they left out other major uh, but we'll get to that this is how unprofessional it was they didn't even spell my name right how embarrassing is that that's just that's just someone not proofreading that's just typing something on a piece of paper and putting it out under the attorney general's name under General Paxton's name. But we all have to ignore it because I'm sure it's somebody's at a lower level that just typed it. But whoever put that out ought to be ashamed of themselves. And I'm telling you what, I'm smelling a political race coming now. I have a feeling that this case is going to end up in the between of everything uh, that's going on between George P. Bush and Attorney General Paxton. I wouldn't wouldn't surprise me one damn bit. My guess is is Paxton is probably going to take some hits from this. We have a letter in draft. I'll kind of let everybody in on this. We have a letter in draft because remember the district attorney up there says, oh, I don't see anything that, that violated the law. I don't see anything that violated the law. Well, we've laid out four instances of, of case law that was violated from destruction of evidence, right? Yep. To tampering with government documents, right? Yep. To violations of state and federal law. Yep. In Tom Brown's body. See, when when you in Texas when you die, for those of you outside of Texas, when you die at your residence, non-hospital death, non-physician witness death, the, the, the justice of the peace is required to be dispatched. Now, you also can have, if the justice of the peace, like in Harris County in Houston, all the justices of the pieces get together and they sign off on the Harris County Medical Examiner's Office coming out. Why? Well, because there's so many homicides and so many, there's so many inquests that go on in, in, in Houston today. I mean, how many deaths did we learn there were? Like 400, four, many. 410 deaths a, a day on, um, on most days in Houston from people dying in their homes, not including hospitals. You can't keep up with that kind of case volume. 
So Harris County does. So what they'll do is let's say you have cancer and you die at your home. The medical examiner's office, the police are dispatched. The police get there. They get on the radio. This is law in Texas. They say like 22 Dan 21. I have a deceased subject uh, request uh, medical examiner. Medical examiner sends a van out. They have two investigators on the van. They go into the house. They take pictures. They do all the things they do in what is called in Texas is an inquest. Okay. They load the body up. They And then the police take over the scene and take their pictures and do their thing as well uh, before, I guess, before the body leaves. And they load it up. They take it over to the medical examiner's office. Medical examiner, one of the interns down there, prepare the body. And then the medical examiner or one of his assistants comes in and does an autopsy. Some days in that room in there, uh, they do 100, 150 autopsies. Uh, Some days uh, they do more. Uh, some days they waive the autopsy if it's a cancer patient and they review the cancer patient's medical file and they they go, oh, okay, we don't need to do an autopsy. This is obviously what it is. I mean, they're not going to do an autopsy on a 60-pound, uh, 55-year-old female that, you know, has has had cancer for three years. I mean, it's just they're just not going to do that. They're not going to – the body's already, you know, screwed up anyway, and they're not going to do that. In this case, what happened was when they found Tom's remains, they never called in the justice of the peace. Now, remember, if you live in a small county, example, right, uh, Canadian or actually Hemphill County, they have to, by law, call the justice of the peace out so he can open an inquest file. They didn't do it. Not only that, Not only that, listen up, folks, most of the body was found on federal property and they never alerted the federal government. They never alerted the justice of the peace. They just picked up pieces of the body, put it in bags and took it away. There was no inquest done. Now, when the justice of the peace learned that no inquest had been done, he blew a fuse. And that's when they came to him and said, well, yeah, we did this. We did that. Anyway, that's where we all found out. And I got to be honest with y'all. I didn't say anything to the general public because I didn't want the general public to know. But Tom had blunt force trauma to his skull. I'm going to repeat it again. Tom had blunt force trauma to his skull. Now, if you read the AG report, they'll say, yeah, there was blunt force trauma. But we don't know if it was pre or post find folks let me tell you something let me tell you something real quickly you can tell if it's pre or post it's like they don't want us to know which is fine that's what investigators do hell that's what i did but folks i'm telling you he died of blunt force trauma even the jp said he was angry because it's obvious blunt force trauma That makes it a homicide, but yet they continue. What's the words they use, Caroline? What's the words they use? The uh, manner of death unknown. I mean, and the death certificate as of right now, which we, I don't think we, we stated There's no death certificate yet, but the death, there is a death certificate, but it says pending on the cause of death. And imagine how the family feels that they can't even have the bones that were found. They can't even put their son to rest. I mean, it's just unbelievable what they're doing to this family. All under the guise of they want to say it's a suicide. Folks, that means Tom would have had to go to his house, hit himself in the head with blunt force trauma, drive his car. I mean, it doesn't even make sense. Drive his car, go put himself underneath the tree and the car magically drive back, dropping off a backpack on the way back in and parking under another tree, 9.8 miles away. It's not even worth entertaining a suicide theory. Exactly. At this point, it's absolute silliness. Silliness. Mark my words, folks. Silliness at this point. But yet we're the bad guys. We are the bad guys. And I hate it. I hate it for my team. Hell, I hate it for me. Challenging me, saying I don't know what I'm talking about. They even We even learned that they made fun of me for wearing BVDs 
anybody doesn't know what that is. Those are tactical pants while we were in the middle of a search. I don't know. I didn't want to get bit by a snake. I mean, that's why I wore them. I mean, it's so unprofessional. And, and I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to call out Ranger Smith. Here he we be, go. He better step up his game. I mean, he better see, he may be Billy Badass. He may be the guy that runs around the street and, oh, I, I'm going to get you and be the hard interviewer and do everything else. He gave a witness analysis statement that one witness in the case gave that still we're looking at because she may know more than she said. She may have blocked it because I've met this kid. She's a good kid. And she's an adult now. Mm-hmm. We sent it over to the GBI, Georgia Bureau of Investigations. They looked at it and said, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh how they put it? They're, there were like two she or knows three sections more. of blocking that were either means that she knows something more with maybe the time that was spent with mm-hmm. him that night, mm-hmm. or maybe there's just something that she was blocking out. Um, it doesn't mean that there's deception. It just means that there's something there that she's just not saying. Whatever so, that so, is. so MJ is in charge of that. She reports it back to the ranger. The ranger goes, well, whatever. He never does anything else on it. Nothing. And we send it to the OAG. We send it to the OAG. They ignore it. You didn't see that? Oh, well, no, they ignored it. You didn't see it in their report, did you? Nope. Okay, so there's an ignorance. And then they want to hop on me about aluminol tests that I've been trained in aluminol in the same damn classes they teach. Are you kidding me? But there were also things left out of that report that we know that we've given our word we wouldn't discuss or wouldn't tell anyone. Mm -hmm. And we've kept our word. I mean, there are very specific things that I remember sitting here at this conference room table with both attorney general investigators here in our office and they release things to us that we promised we wouldn't, that we would keep under our hat. And, and we, we did. Have. But, so, but then they go out and they say, well, we never work with Klein. We, we didn't share anything with Klein. And we're all staring there, looking at each other going, are you kidding me? Why would you lie about that? That's not, I, I feel like Chris samples now. I, wh- why would you even say anything? Why, why would you do that? Why would you say that? And we don't get an answer. When we have the proof to back it up. Oh that's my what God. gets me. You know, we even broke bread with them. Anyway, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back. We're going to c- talk about the Pepino and the laundry cake. What? Patino? Petito. Petito. God, I, why do I get that wrong? I don't know. Petito case and the, um, and the uh, laundry uh, guy. And we're going to talk about what they found, what they didn't find. And uh, give you our opinion on it, and uh, we'll, we'll move on from there. Anyway, this is The Klein Files. We hope you're enjoying it. We'll be back in just a minute. Southeast Texas DJ and Rentals is a locally owned business right here in Southeast Texas. Known for custom rentals of benches, chairs, and all of your wedding decor needs, Southeast Texas DJ is here to serve you. From supplying your music to all of the rentals they offer, you can get many services for the right price. Make sure to check out their website at www.southeasttexasdj.com and for a limited time, use the code KIC to get their deal of the month. And welcome back to the Klein Files. My name is Philip Klein, sitting in with uh, Caroline Gear, who is our MSC here in the office. Caroline? Hi. Now, this is a case that we talked about last week. We're going to talk about it this week. We're not going to talk about it this long because there's really not much information outflowing. Two kids um, out of New Jersey, getting a van, going to go on the worldwide tour. New York, New Jersey. I don't know. Right there. Same and same. And they take off. They go across the country. And what happens? What happens? Well, it ends up something happened. Gabby's found out there dead as a doornail from choking. And uh, Mr. Laundry, Brian, right? Brian, Brian takes off cross country, ends up back in Florida with mommy and daddy, right? Runs home to mommy and daddy. Who claim they don't know anything. Yeah. They just, they just, they just kill me. And so, and apparently the FBI doesn't have enough to charge them with, or the local police don't have enough to charge them with. I mean, I think that's just a little bit crazy. Issue a warrant for Brian's arrest. Brian disappears. 
And everybody says, well, he's out there in the swamp. He's out there in the swamp. Uh, it even gets as crazy as Dog the Bounty Hunter gets involved, which, you know, maybe he brings something to the table. I don't know. Don't know the guy. Don't know Dwayne. I I've never met him before. You know, I'm sure he's a great guy and a nice guy. You know, that's another thing. Let me let me stop here real quick. It, 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 it's kind of like uh, Chris Samples. When it's kind of like with uh, Lori Brown. I want them both to be successful. I want them to have the best newspaper and the best radio station there ever was. I hope they make millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars. I really do. That's what I pray and I hope for them. It's like Dog the Bounty Hunter. I hope he's successful. I hope he makes millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars. I really do. I really hope that because I want everyone to be successful. I don't want anyone not to be successful. So Brian takes off and all these vagabonds start looking for him. And then all of a sudden a court issues a warrant for this boy's arrest. The A team is brought in off a credit card fraud, off not, a credit card fraud. Yeah. All things, him, not for her missing, but <laughs> they just want to get him death. in a room. They want to get him in a room. His lawyers say, yeah, we don't know where he is. And we really got nothing to say. So off the race goes. Well, anyway, long story short, they end up finding a body after, I guess, the water subsides in the swamp a little bit because it's starting to be drought time down there. No rain, no nothing. And they find a backpack. God, does this sound familiar? They find a backpack, right? And then they find a set of bones next to the backpack. Not all the bones. Boy, does that sound familiar? And so um, they analyze part of the bones. And Caroline, I'm going to let you go from here because you've watched the forensic side of this. Go. So actually on Monday, this past Monday, which would have been, what, the 25th, um, the autopsy report came out for Brian Laundrie stating that he was, um, that he, let me back up. Um, <laughs> he's listed as a person of interest in, in the homicide of Gabby Petito, which we know. Um, his remains were found i believe last week maybe even nope last week i think um or the last week before but all my days are running together right now and um he, on monday his autopsy report came back as inconclusive um that's because there's just bones so there's been a lot of speculation leading up to this point um they had searched and searched the whole Carlton Reserve. They had searched various areas around there. Quote, seen him running. There's been tips. Everything. They've brought in dogs. They've brought in multiple dogs. They've brought in searchers. They've brought in the whole cavalry, right? And no one found him. But randomly, there was a time during this period of searching that it supposedly rained, flooded, whatever you want to call it. Um, and so his body, according to police was underwater and that is why the dogs didn't hit right i'm gonna stop right there i have a big problem with that number one dogs cadaver dogs do hit on water we've period. seen it we've worked with trace sergeant and chance where their little bitty nose gets up in the air and they can smell it at the water and they stand there at the side of the water and they dig at the side of the water with it and we mark it we know we know how it works. So the fact that these dog teams didn't even hit or come close to that area, from my understanding, is, number one, a big eye-opener. Number two, the area had been closed off during these days and weeks of searching. So I find it very odd, and I mean, you tell me your thoughts, but when the parents, uh, the, the day that the opening of the back to public, the day that they opened the reserve back to public, the parents say, oh, okay, well, we're going to go help search or go look around or however it started. Weird. And then they find his body within, or find his backpack, excuse me, they had only found belongings of his within 15 minutes. I wonder if they were looking for deer shed. Who knows? But then they put <laughs> it so that other onlookers aren't oh, looking. God. They put whatever they did find in a white sack and went and found law enforcement and showed them. So right there, what? I'm, I'm so confused. And of course they say they have verification. It's a body, 
due to teeth. But then, well, there is speculation. But they can't get DNA off the bones. Now, the police have come out in the in recent days and said that that's inaccurate and false information. Okay. I, you know, I don't know. Yep. You can take it for what it is. But what is interesting is that not only did they um, find some of his belongings, but across the way, like feet, maybe even a yard across the way, they found um, a backpack with his bones. So there's two separate instances. Um, and then the law enforcement that did find the backpack with the bones next to it um, basically said that there just wasn't enough, but they were able to confirm that it was him. Yep. Now, here's my thoughts on this. And I've, I have a group of friends that we group text all the time and they're like, you need to do a Gabby Petito part two because there's so many people invested in this story and asking the hard questions and asking me questions on my thoughts. Here's my thoughts on this. You and I both have worked around dead bodies, cases, yep. bones. Sick of seeing dead bodies. I like to see bodies. some live ones. Explain to me, or really there is no explanation because, I, frankly, I just don't believe it. If he di- if he died, which they don't know the time of death, they can't get that time of death supposedly right now, and probably never. Tom Brown had been missing for three years right yep so i can understand finding only bones this guy is missing for let's call it a month maybe give or take yep big question in my mind there would be multiple things still in in my opinion hair skin a severely decomposed body but not bones there is no way and no one can convince me that there would be only bones. Yeah, I, and folks, let me let me inject this. Unless you get all the blood taken out of your veins and your arteries and everything else in your body, and it's replaced with embalming fluid, and they inject embalming fluid into your body in certain locations in body cavities, that sort of thing, uh, that's a preservation. That's what they preserve your body with to make you look good at your funeral. Once they close the box and put everything in the ground and they cover it up. Uh, you know, temperature, et cetera, et cetera. There, there will be, you won't be bones for what a year, maybe two years after that, the body decomposes itself. The worms come in, uh, you know, everything else. There are even bodies found in the water. We found, we have found bodies in the water six weeks, eight weeks, 10 weeks after they've done. And we've been able to see decomposition for sure. Animal, uh, what do I want to say? I want to, I'm trying to be nice. Just call it what it is. Animal uh, infestation, uh, worm infestation. Uh, you know, there's everything, flies, maggots, everything else that's with, the, that's with the dead body. I know that's gross. I know some of you are going, Ugh. Um, and, and I, I will tell all of you this is that it's not a pretty sight. It just isn't. They eat the body from the outside in. And then when the maggots lay in, they eat the body from the outside out i mean the inside out it's not pretty but i have never seen a body after six weeks just be bones i've never seen that before in my lifetime i've never seen that and And so that's kind of a question i've got in the back of my mind now yes it is warm down in florida it's hot there are different type of uh, insects, they're different type of birds or different type of animals, alligators, snakes, well, not necessarily a snake, but lizards, you know, those sort of things that would eat on flesh body hogs for sure. You know, uh, Florida has hogs. We have hogs, gators, gators. I mean, we can go through it all, but I've never seen a body in six weeks be eaten all the way to the bone. And maybe it happened. I don't know. I wasn't there. I didn't see the body. Well, interestingly, though, there was a notebook that was found next to his remains um, that some people are saying could hold the key to all of the answers that people are wanting. Or those conspiracy theorists, a.k.a. probably myself, (laughs) are sitting here thinking, okay, so you have a notebook with a few bones found next to it, Mm -hmm. right? 
that supposedly are just teeth from what I've read could totally be wrong on this. Again, I'm not in the case. I don't know. I'm getting all my information from the same sources that the rest of the public is getting their information, but I'm questioning within myself what, I mean, it's just, it just doesn't make sense. None of it makes sense. And when it doesn't make sense to investigators after, especially someone seasoned as Caroline is, especially someone that's been in it as long as I have 36, 37 years now. Uh, in fact, 37 on November 11th. Um, I, I got to tell all y'all, all you listeners out there, and there's a lot of you now, there's something more to this. And the parents have shut up, the police have shut up, the FBI shut up, the U.S. Marshals are now out of it. Uh, it's going to have to, it's going to have to be examined a little bit more. Are the mother and father's liars? Probably. But you know what, friends? Here, let me, let me help y'all friends with something. If you're law enforcement, you can't prove it. There's nothing you can do about it. Say that again. Law enforcement. And you can't prove it. There's nothing you can do about it. If you can't prove law enforcement, you sure as hell aren't going to be able to prove 12 men and women on a jury. That's for damn sure. Okay. So there you go. There's my opinion on Brian and Gabby. So I think there's still more to come out on this. Obviously, as the days unfold, um, maybe we'll find out what was the contents of those, whatever the contents were in the notebook and Maybe it does have answers as to what happened to Gabby, but I have a strong feeling that just like other cases, we're not going to get any specific solidified answer on what happened between the two. Now, as we close for today, I want to talk about our Facebook page a little bit. I don't hang out on Facebook. I just don't. I don't hang out on our Facebook page. I just don't. Why? Because sometimes you get these little Facebook warriors that think they know something when they're really being stupid and they don't. This last week, we posted something up there about a town called, how do you pronounce it? Tulum. 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 We have a sister company called Texas Professional Bodyguards, LLC. Good group of guys, men and women. They're professional bodyguards. They're, they're trained in extrication from Mexico. We do a lot of business in Mexico. We have people that, uh, what, how do you clarify it now, Caroline? What's the politically correct way to say it? People that kidnap their children? Mm -hmm. Or do we say people that are having domestic issues that they feel it's safer for the child down in Mexico? No, right? it's freaking can... kidnapping. Okay. Call it for what it there is. We it's go. damn parental kidnapping. And here we no go. No one's going to convince me otherwise. And there it is. People are crazy and Absolutely. take their children when they think in their twisted mind that it's okay to do so. It is not okay to kidnap your child from another parent, period. In fact, I'm sitting here looking at a wall of kidnapping kidnapped children down in Mexico and uh, Malaysia and cases we're working right now uh, with law enforcement, but we never do. Shh. We, law enforcement never works with us. We never work with them. Oh, don't worry about God. it. Folks, don't worry about it. It's all a lie. Okay. Anyway, moving on. So we posted a little warning. We have a lot of clients. We live in Texas. Okay. We're in Texas. We're in South Texas, Southeast actually, but just outside of Houston. The border to us, we can make it to the border in what, six hours, five hours to the border, which, by the way, is a freaking mess. Don't let any of these stupid news media people tell you it's not a freaking mess. It is a freaking mess down at the border. And I would say another word, but, you know, I got a woman in here and I don't want to curse in front of her. I, I've never seen it. Our state is being inundated, inundated with people from all over the world that are not going through the process as they should go through the process to be citizens of the United States of America. In fact, may I even say they don't even speak English. Okay. And all this crap that's going on with, Oh, well, English is not the, is not the uh, speech pattern of the people of the United States. My ass, shut up, sit down. Okay. Just like I told samples sit down shut up you're harsh today i am i'm angry 
Anyway, so we put up on there, hey, look, folks, to our clients, because our clients follow us on Facebook. And we put up on Facebook, hey, if you're down there in the cruise area, didn't say ships park in Tallulah, okay, or Tuluma. How do you say it again? Tuluma? Tulum. Tulum. Let's say Tulum. Tulum. Okay. We don't, I never said that. I said in the area down there, anyone that knows you park your boat in the Cozumel, uh, Playa de Carmen area, and you get off the boat and they have shore excursions. And one of them is go visit the Maya ruins. Where is that? Caroline? Oh yeah. That's down in Tulum. Okay. So it's a, it's a visitation place. It is a visitation place for people on ships. It has been in the past. I don't know if it's not or if it is today. Just what it's been advertised. Okay? I've been to Cancun. I've been to Playa de Carmen. I've been to all these places on all these big ships. Okay? Both bodyguarding and just for my own freaking vacation, having fun. Right? So I kind of know the area. I've been down in that area to the north side of that area. I haven't been down in that small city, but you know what? Now I want to go. Anyway, there was a big shootout between the cartels and some policia. Two people got killed. Three others were shot. Okay. But they didn't see it in the media. You didn't see it in the media until it got leaked two or three days after it happened. Now it's a big deal because the Mexican government has sent in 450 troops into the city because there were suggestions of kidnappings. There were suggestions of shootouts. There were suggestions of, of whatever goes on in a lawless community. And they wanted to take it back over the community. So we posted up there, hey, look, looks like we got some type of collapse going on. Uh, the government sent up 450 troops. We've extricated the people that need to be extricated that are clients of ours. Because remember, all the rich people go down there now. It was, uh, what did they say? Jennifer Aniston goes down there now. And all these Hollywood types are down there. And those people got evacuated too. I'm not saying Jennifer Aniston got evacuated. I'm saying some Hollywood types got evacuated out of there we got our people out got them back over to the airport put them on airplanes gone got them out of the country of mexico because mexico's having some problems i mean go to el paso folks go to laredo folks go on down to all these border towns and take a look and see what you see it's bad and the media just, oh, oh, it's not that bad. Well, anyway, a bunch of liberal wackadoodles that live down there apparently got on our Facebook page. And, of course, the more they say, the more it goes viral. Now we have over, as of this morning at 8 o'clock, 120,000 people have read our posts. Look. If people have a problem with what we post, then don't freaking follow us. Don't read it. Don't read it. Don't pay attention to it. I'm sorry. I My phone literally has gone off with notifications for the last 24 hours. I mean. Every minute. It's ridiculous. I, I can't. I and can't all we up. were doing is saying, hey, look, folks, we've had to take some of our people out of this area for obvious unrest. Oh, it was just. You should hear these people. Oh, it's, it, it, was, it was just two people that got killed. I mean, look at Houston. There were six that were killed last night. Yeah, okay. Tomato, tomato. We got our people out of there. And, and and the funniest thing is all the people that are really raising so much hell are all, what do you call those guys? Uh, travel agents or? They're travel agents. That I understand, you know, from a travel agent perspective, it's going to hurt their business. I get that. Sorry, I can't change. We didn't do it. All we were saying is if you got plans down there, one of two things. If you decide to go down there, go at your own risk. Here we are. We'll come get you if we have to. But then don't bitch when something happens. Yep. And or two, if you try to change your plans, you know, maybe Mexico's not the place to go right now. Maybe it's okay to get on a, on a plane and go to Montana and, and next Sunday night watch the opening of uh, what's that show everybody likes around here. 
uh, Yellowstone. Yellowstone. Yeah, everybody loves it here in this office. I'm excited. And so, you know, I, I think you like rip is what I think. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, I think, and I, you know, go to Yellowstone. Go do something in the United States of America. Go down to Key West. You're not going to have a bunch of homicides down there. You're not going to have cartels running the place. That's all we said. I mean, we didn't even say that. We just said, be careful. Here's our number. If you need us, we got a fast action team out of San Antonio, Texas, that will come down and get you. You know, we have 53 bodyguards in San Antonio, Texas. We've got nine investigators here in this office with a support staff. We can get you out if you can't get out. We can do that. We have contacts down there. We can do that. Boy, you think we we're the criminals. I mean, I encourage all of you to go to our Facebook page. I'm going to leave it up for a while. I mean, there are some posts that got so out of control. Oh, I've deleted quite a few. Accusing us of crimes and accusing, how can you come into Mexico and extract people? Well, we do it all the time. Okay. We do it all the time. Oh my God. That means we're working with the federales. Imagine that. Okay. Or the U.S. Marshals. Or the U.S. Marshals. We don't talk about it a lot. This is the first time we've ever said anything about it. And then we even get people go, oh, your team. Ha, 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 ha. What? Yeah. Do a little friggin' research, you dumb bimbo. I mean, that's the way I look at it. But I'm a nice guy. I don't say that. Hey, read about us. Read about what we do. Read about what we've done. And on that note. And so, I don't know. I just, God, I hate Facebook. I just hate it. I, I don't I don't like to read it. Well, it doesn't matter. You're in jail half the time. Well, Facebook's jail true. half the time. I know. I know. I know. Somebody will probably twist what I just said and said that you're in jail all the time. But you're in Facebook jail. Let's, Facebook let's jail. be clarifi- clarifying yeah. that. Well, but I've been accused of being in jail anyway. Anyway, we hope you've enjoyed this podcast. We'll be back. Uh, we'll be back uh, a week from maybe a, maybe two weeks. Maybe two weeks. Next maybe week a two week. We have a lot of stuff going on around here. We got some surprise stuff going on that some of you will go. Oh my God! I can't believe they did that. Hopefully, but we'll be able to. We did it, uh, and uh, we we really 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 appreciate your your listenership. And I'm sorry if I get a little wacky and out of control but today's just one of those wacky days where wacky things are happening and i'm feeling a little wacky and y'all fed me tamales today and all right well on that note if you're not following us yet on um instagram at Klein investigations or subscribe to us for our podcast on apple podcast or Spotify or any of your other app, uh, podcast platforms at the Klein Files. You'll get notifications whenever we release new episodes. There you go. Well, we thank you. We love you. And we uh, thank you for caring. You know, I, I tell people all the time when you hear people with emotion in the voice, that means they care. So don't beat them up. Anyway, have a great uh, week or two. And ten, happy ten Halloween. Days. Yeah, happy Halloween and have a great one.